0: Greetings. This is another episode in a Sermon Talk Plus Plus. And tonight I have with me Donna Boss. Hello. And DJ Bresso. Hello. And Becky Watson. Hello. And I'm John Dubois and we're discussing again our series that I've been working on for the Christmas season, How Jesus is the Prophet, Jesus is the King, and this week, How Jesus is a Priest. And uh, from the Bible, we have uh, the history of the priesthood actually kind of starts with as far back as Abraham. Um, after the flood, uh, Noah sort of acted, I guess, on a priestly way in this fact that he offered sacrifices for his family. And, and then time goes by and we see the story of Job that occurs. And Job is encouraged to pray for his friends, quote-unquote friends, the ones who didn't help him much in his suffering. And because he did pray for them, God... Removed his wrath from Job's friends, and so I suppose you could say that Job was kind of priestly in that role. But then we have Abraham come on the scene, and early in Abraham's life, he um, takes a he rescues his nephew Lot from five kings. Basically, uh, back in those days, there was lots of small little, um, almost like warrior states, and they had kingships, and they would come and plunder one another, and and Lot. And his family were taken away as captive and at no small risk to himself, Abraham and his 400 men, I think it was, 300, 400, um, they came after them and they rescued and won the battle. And it was kind of a frightening time because now what's going to happen? Are the other other kings going to get them back? And so while we're nervous about that, there's this encounter that Abraham has with a man who's, called Melchizedek, and he was a king and a priest, and he was regarded as a high priest of some sort, at least the book of Hebrews says that he is, and he blesses Abraham, and um, Abraham gives him a portion of his spoils, almost like a tithe, and so this is a very uh, enigmatic, we don't know anything else about Melchizedek, uh, other than that in the ancient times, Abraham uh, prayed to God or was blessed by God through Melchizedek. And that's all we see about him. And then later, as history goes by, uh, you know, the people of Israel become the kingdom and all those things that we learned last week about David being king. And then there's a psalm written, Psalm 110. And in Psalm 110, God declares that uh, his Messiah son, the messianic figure, who has uh, today uh, become your father that we learned about in Psalm 2, he says to him, You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And so Melchizedek? And so that's an interesting statement, and again, almost all by itself. So if you do a word search in your Bible, Melchizedek shows up early in the book of Genesis in that little story with Abraham. And then in Psalm 10, it was a huge reference to the Messianic figure. And all this whole time, we've been seeing uh, Moses' brother Aaron being the priest for the people and Aaron's descendants becoming the priest. And, and, you know, I think even with Aaron's family, there's a division of which ones get to do which things. And, And so there's the whole book of Leviticus is all about the priesthood. It's just super complicated. Again, somehow the priest is in... Is tasked with the duty of making it possible for normal everyday worshipers to go through the process of properly approaching God and offering sacrifices. And and even in the story of Leviticus in in Aaron's family, um, there was a time when a couple of his sons didn't do it right. They offered foreign fire, some Somehow it was not the way God prescribed it or else they were innovating on their own or doing something. Hophni and Phinehas were killed on the spot in Numbers 11. Or is it Leviticus 11? It might be a Leviticus 11. But, um, so the point is, it's really scary under the priest system, under the Levitical sacrificial system, you had to do it the right way. I almost wish there was a way to show people graphically how much material is in Leviticus mm-hmm. and have them get a sense for how much detail mm-hmm. it is. I know I'm doing a lot of preparation lecture here, but I'm trying to set the table. And so under this overwhelming burden to have to do it the right way, you need a professional who knows exactly how to sacrifice the animal, where to put the blood, and how not to offend God, because God is so unapproachable, and there's the outer court, and the holy place, and the most holy place, and then only the high priest could go in the most holy place once a year for the Mm -hmm. special sacrifice of atonement for all the people. So very complex Mm -hmm. system. And again, I think God is doing that to demonstrate that he is not to be trifled with, and he is so holy and the the barrier between us as sinful people and him as a holy God is so great that it cannot be easily passed by. And then the Lord Jesus comes onto the scene. And Jesus lives his life on this earth and then dies on the cross. And the text tells us that when he died, the curtain in the temple that separated the holy place from the most holy place was ripped and torn from the top to the bottom God tore it, and it, was, um, and it was an evidence of the fact that Jesus had done something as priest that offered his own blood in ultimate atonement for sin at a level that removed the barriers that were all there before. So <clears throat> the Lord Jesus is this priest, and the book of Hebrews talks about that a lot. And so with that background, now six and a half minutes into our podcast. Um, what I want to ask you guys is what about this role of Jesus as priest do our people need to understand today? What are the obstacles to them understanding it and what are the things that they need to understand? How do we communicate what this is and what's going on to them? So what what do you any ideas you have?
1: I do think you need to outline the roles of the priest, the things that they were supposed to do. It sounds like, in the way you were describing it, that one of the roles, like a priest intercedes, but also reconciles, like makes it okay for you to be with God, you know, or to be okay with God, right? Like taking making peace. And we obviously see that in Jesus, but I guess I've never thought of that in the Old Testament context. Um, so
0: Sort of a mediator role, that kind of, a, yeah, he can represent you to God.
2: Yeah. And I think he made, the priests made the sacrifices on behalf of in the place of almost like a lawyer that represents mm-hmm. the client The priest represented the people. An advocate. An advocate for them. I'm not sure why they couldn't make their own sacrifices at that point, because earlier in the Bible, I mean, Cain and Abel brought sacrifices, and they were supposed to do blood sacrifice, you know, an animal, which was the problem that Cain and Abel had with each other. But almost from the beginning, there was some kind of animal sacrifice. But at some point, God set up this system where a priest would do it for the people, I'm not really sure why, other than maybe that was supposed to represent that Christ was going to be our representative and that we couldn't just come on our own. And really, you couldn't sacrifice your own life and live afterwards. I mean, it, it didn't work.
0: Yeah, there's two things I think you're reminding me. First of all, the sacrificial system was largely symbolic, right? It wasn't really dealing with sin. It was symbolic of what would have to be done for sin. And that's why Hebrews makes it clear that the blood of goats could not wash away sin or clear your conscience. It was a symbolic act to represent what was supposed to be true in your heart, right? So that was a. But the other thing you said, why the priesthood at all? And I, again, I, my thoughts have always been that one, it was just so complicated and so necessary to be precise that it was more than what mm-hmm. the lay person could know, at least underneath the Mosaic Covenant, it got more complicated. When when the, when Moses went up on the mountain and, and then they they fell into revelry and worshiped the golden calf, that's when God said, I'm not gonna go with him to the promised land, and Moses begged God to go. And he said, okay, the only way I'm gonna go is if, And it's almost uh, clear, at least my Old Testament professor said, that was the book of Leviticus. That's where Moses met with God face to face in the tent of meeting for weeks to develop the system about which God could still be with his people and not have to break out against them. So all kinds of barriers were established to protect us from our profanity, from us not being holy enough. But the other reason for the priesthood was also the qualifications for the priests themselves. They had to be personally pure. They could they had extra criteria in mm-hmm. their clothing and in the blood that was uh, put on them and their, their heritage, their family line. And there was a lot of other things. Again, I think God is trying to communicate to us how important his holiness is and that he will be regarded as holy. He cannot be approached profanely casually um, on our terms it's really on his terms that we need to approach so i think i tried to answer you and question. i
2: think that's probably what the point that it changed because before the levitical law it was basically just offering animal sacrifices for your own sin but it got so complicated there was there were different kinds of sacrifices for different days and different wheat i mean there were other things that were grains there were a huge, complicated system of sacrifices that I don't think any individual family right. could ever yeah. start to keep track of it all right. and do it all right. Yeah. And then the purity factor, and that they were dedic- they basically dedicated themselves to serving God as priests. They didn't get a piece of the land. They didn't go out and farm. Their total ministry and service was to God as the priest. And And to the people. And and to the the people. people. And so it did require sacrifice on their part, and it required some degree of trying to be holy.
1: You know, what that makes me think is, I think um, it's easy for us to confuse the role of priest with what we are familiar with, with as a pastor or clergyman. And I think that... I guess as I think about it, the priests weren't really someone that the people would go to for advice hmm. or counsel, right? Because they were really just dealing with the, 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 the rituals and traditions and the sacrifices. You know, it's not like they were, they were not the pastors or the shepherds of the people like a pastor would be.
0: Okay.
2: No, it was a it was a religious transaction. Yeah. Yeah. Really.
0: It doesn't seem to be um, a lot of teaching moments, right? There was the discovery of the book of the law under Nehemiah, I think it was, or. Um, Ezra, Josiah. Ezra.
2: Well, Josiah found it too. Yeah. Yeah, but the, oh, there
0: was an the Ezra episode where they, you know, the yeah. the leaders taught from the. It was platform. more of the prophets that yeah. did that. But the prophets would often communicate for God to the people. So the Levitical priesthood was not a preaching ministry as much as it was, how do I deal with the sins I've committed? How can I let God know that I'm sorry about them enough that he would overlook my sin, but I can't approach him even to do that. I need an assistant, I need a professional who knows how to take mm-hmm. my animal and make sure I won't do something wrong mm-hmm. in the process, so I, I think it's largely built. Sounds on Sounds like
1: that. one of the themes that you're going to have to establish in your beginning part. I think you're going to have to go back to the whole factor of the holiness. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, give the examples of the of the guy who, and
0: Phineas and, and the yeah. guy who
1: touched the ark of the covenant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when. I always go back to my teach kids. They're always yeah. like very shocked by that. Yeah. And the idea, because because we live in the new covenant mm-hmm. under Jesus, we forget yeah. how wonderful it is to commune with God as his spirit within us because they did not have that. They had the curtain. Mm-hmm. They had the, the curtain and the curtain outside the curtain. And through another person... Um, and, you know, we talk about um, all of the sacrifices, all the blood, like over and over and over, all over the mercy seat. You know, it's just like it was so horrific. Mm-hmm. That's how big that chasm is. And to know now that we have the Spirit of God, not just the, the, car, the curtain being torn, but actually yeah. indwelling us. Yeah. Um, so I kind of think that's going to be important.
0: Yeah, I think you. you're right. That's a good mm-hmm. word. that's a good emphasis to make. And when uh, God tears the curtain, it's such a huge act of openness that something must have happened that's so big that I'm not any less sin. I'm not any more sinful or less sinful than my predecessors. It's that the sin has been paid for in a way that my predecessors did not have yet so what Jesus does, when Jesus says you're clean, it, uh, it changes everything and we do take that for granted, I think. I think we
2: don't take, we take, we don't understand the separation and, and that maybe was part two of the institution of the system, was that people were separated from God because of that curtain and the veil and because only the priests. We don't just get to walk up to God Mm-hmm. And say, God, I'm sorry. I felt I messed up again. Too bad, you know. I mean to, whatever. But that, that—that God is holy. He's separate, and there's no way that we can come to Him on our own, mm-hmm. even with the animal. And you were talking about the blood. Um, when a couple years ago we looked at the dedication of the temple, if you read how many animals
0: mm-hmm. were killed, years. Thousands, 40,000 units, thousands.
2: Yeah. What a bloody mess mm-hmm. that had to have been yeah, to watch that. And yet that's the the repugnance of that is what God needed. We needed to have that to we show how to bad understand. our sin yeah. is. Yeah. That that's how bad it is. In fact, there was a time right after that, I remember thinking about that one night going to sleep and it's like if I had to go out in the backyard and offer a sacrifice for every time I said or did or thought something, there'd be a whole bunch of dead bodies of animals in the backyard and I'd probably never get out of the backyard mm-hmm. because it's so often that we sin but because of the culture and because of the easy believing in Jesus, I think we don't understand the gravity of every single sin cost an animal its life.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think also um, it also it underestimates. God's holiness, and it underestimates even his mercy, because when um, when Adam and Eve sinned and they were shut out of the garden, they were separated from God, right? But even our place now, in that the Spirit dwells within us, we are closer to God than Adam and Eve were, in, in some respects, mm-hmm. because... It's even like the, the the Gospels even puts us in a better place than we were in the Garden, and especially will be, in the in the future mm-hmm. in the consummation. So it kind of even even downplays it how good we have it, even compared mm-hmm. to before yeah. the fall.
0: What mm-hmm. uh, I think we got some good handles on the obstacles that are. Um, audience today has, right? We don't understand the holiness of God. We don't understand how awful sin is. We don't have this graphic picture in our minds of a 40,000 uh, lamb sacrifice day or anything like that. We wouldn't, none of us can remember one lamb sacrifice. And so, so those are obstacles. Other things that we could do to, to explain this? I think of what Becky said, that we understand. We
3: underestimate the holiness of God because when I think of God in the Old Testament, and the God of the New Testament, it seems like for many people, including myself, that there's a difference, right? He's presented in the Old Testament in a way that he is very, like you said, strict and approachable. But we have to remember that God... Now is not less holy than he was or he is in the Old Testament and for people to not be able to approach him casually in the Old Testament it's supposed to be the same way had it not been for Jesus Christ and for me to wake up in the morning and come to God approach him
0: that's Big thing. It is. And it also then shows why to reject the Lord Jesus, to treat as an unholy thing the blood of that covenant, mm-hmm. is a greater sin than anyone could have committed before, even because now we have, now God has made the way and we still violate. Mm-hmm. That would be, it's not like we're under, it is a great blessing. To be under the time of the gospel, but under whom much is given, much is required is what I'm trying to say is that that it makes us even more accountable. As a a lost person today is in a lot worse trouble, if you could say that, because they see and hear the story of redemption and grace and don't respond to Jesus' act of sacrifice.
2: There are a lot of parts of Hebrews that bring out some of these points beautifully probably better than we could say. We do. Um, I was thinking of the access that we have to the God of creation and to God who is holy. Part of the um, Hebrews that says, therefore brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, that's that's our access card, Mm -hmm. by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest, let us draw near to god with sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings in some translations it said approach boldly it reminds me of a, a judge i knew in the federal court federal court is austere the rooms are big the ceilings are high they're kind of like scary but there was a judge there for many years and when i interpreted and then i went away and came back I could go visit him in his office. So somehow, because I knew him and because he respected me and I respected him, I'd every now and then just go and just drop in, just drop in in this federal judge's chambers and talk to him. And now I have access cards to a lot of the judges in Grand Rapids. I I can get right back into the, just walk in their office. It's a huge privilege, Mm -hmm. It's, it's unusual, but I've got that card because somebody approved it. And so we have this card to come to Jesus without having to bring any sacrifice. The, the thing in a lot of countries where they have priests is that the priest doesn't do anything unless you bring him something. Mm-hmm. You got a, certain days of the festivals of year, you have to bring the feast food and this and that and money and gifts. And you're always bringing the, the, the priest something Someone dies, you have to bring him something to do the funeral, then a week later, and then two weeks later, and then a month later, and then a year later. You're always coming to the priest bringing something. And with Jesus, we don't bring anything because Jesus brought it all. He -hmm. he took, he totally covered it all, paid for it all. Mm -hmm. And I think we don't, we underestimate that Mm -hmm. and how unusual that is.
0: Mm -hmm. Hebrews says... One of the challenges to preach from this material is where do you stop quoting? Because from about chapter 7 to Mm -hmm. chapter 10, there are so many good lines that you just, how do you not just read it all?
2: I was going through your underlining to to, to highlight, you know. I keep trying to figure out. But it's like I don't even, there's some I missed.
0: Yeah, but... But I think we just, for the sake of time, I have to not do what I like to do, and that's put it all in there. I have to pick some highlights. But
1: Are you going to talk about we are the kingdom of priests?
0: I Or royal priesthood? We could. Or? That was a vision for us, but I don't think so. I think I want to end and finish with Jesus as the high priest mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. salvation that mm-hmm. we get. It is certainly a side it is a huge comment on what has happened to us that we have not been qualified to be uh, priesthood.
2: I see two major things here. One is that the priests before, day after day after day, mm-hmm. every, you know, year after year, the whole history, mm-hmm. and Jesus went in one time, offered one sacrifice, yeah. and it paid for everything. The other beautiful thing I see is that the priests brought animals Either that people brought to them, or the priests—they brought something, and and shed the blood of an animal representing what Christ would do when Jesus came as the priest. He was not only the priest; he was also the sacrifice. He gave his own blood yeah, himself. Yeah. And that I can't—I can't totally right. understand.
0: Right.
2: That is—it's it's so beautiful and so huge that he gave
0: himself as the. Sacrifice. And, it, and it's an evaluation. Process. Part of what Leviticus teaches us is that the animal is inspected and the priest is inspected. You have to be measured up. The Passover lamb has to be without blemish. And so Jesus, when he goes into the holy place, when a human high priest under the Levitical system went into the holy place, there was fear that maybe they hadn't prepared properly and that's why they... The tradition says that they tie a rope around their ankle to pull them back out if they fall dead, right? And so Jesus goes in, and by virtue of him going in, he is accepted Mm -hmm. as a pure and perfect sacrifice. So it's not just Jesus's willingness to offer himself. It's that he is evaluated as sufficient and complete and, and all that too. So it's a pretty beautiful thing that way.
1: Um, This might have been a good answer to your obstacles thing, but how does the priest role that we're talking about uh, differ from the priests in Jesus' day that were his enemies? You know, like Caiaphas, right? Like, wasn't he the high priest? Yeah. Why was he doing so much politics and stuff like that?
0: Yeah, Um, that is a good question. What do you think would be? How would you answer that? I I have some guesses, but does do you have any idea how it? What were his? What was Caiaphas and Annas, the high priest, and when Jesus says, "Woe to you, priest!" I would assume they were just not doing the the right
1: job of a priest.
0: I think they had turned their system into a power system, right? Especially since politically they didn't have any. kingly power right they were they were the
1: only people like as far as the Israel the children of Israel only looked to them as leaders because they didn't have a king
0: because they're under Rome's rule So so the whole government part of their lives the taxation part of their lives was all controlled by Rome so the only thing that remained for their identity as Jews was the religious system right and so their their Sanhedrin that was their teachers of the law and the priests were the the chief priests, I think Jesus refers to them, right? Those were the ones who kind of ran Judaism, and that was their advocacy, and that's why.
1: Are we to assume though that they were during this time doing a, um, sacrifices of atonement and everything? Yes, that, they were that too, to be doing? because,
0: because uh, Jesus cleansed the temple because they were doing money changing because they were money changing for visitors to pay for sheep, Rather than bring the sheep with them on the journey, they would buy one on site. And they
2: were scalping them, right? right.
0: They were and, taking advantage. They were right. doing like just like the the baseball stadium charges you too much for a hot dog, right? That's you know they were charging too much because of. And when uh,
1: Jesus was born, they went. And
0: yeah, they circumcised him. Jesus. So, the, so it, they were
1: doing all those rules.
0: still. So. Yes. and yeah.
1: all the
2: all the foreigners that came to do the sacrifices came with foreign money. Mm-hmm. So they could, you know, not only were they overcharging for the animal, but they were under, conversion. they were, yeah. you know, taking advantage of them the conversion of, of different currencies as well. And I think, too, that you hit yeah. on it, that it was a power. It was a power leverage. Yeah. And they did not, they, like the king, didn't want to, nobody wants to lose their power. Mm-hmm. No political person wants to lose their power. And the other thing, I think it was a money thing. It was money and power for them. And I, I can see how easy that happens because I have seen it in other places mm-hmm. where the priests, if you leave the certain church in a certain country, they, they won't even bury you in the cemetery. You can't be buried because the priest won't let you. That's a lot of power. Yeah. And, and that they didn't want I him kind taking of makes it makes
1: me wonder did they, they kind of, they benefited from the Romans being ruling over In some them.
0: ways, they didn't have to deal with their own internal royalty. They were they were the top dogs in Judaism. Right,
1: yeah. and you know, like think about how Herod or uh, Pilate. Pilate. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. Goes to them and like asks them, and they, they had like a they had like role
0: right.
1: of you know they were rubbing shoulders with the actual kings and stuff. Mm-hmm. I had never thought about that.
0: It isn't, you know, it's not an accident that Jesus was crucified on Mm -hmm. a Passover weekend. And and you could argue that it was at the hour of the evening sacrifice that he said it is finished. And so, I mean, it was not an accident that it was three in the afternoon. And that Mm -hmm. it was that, you know, so many of those things, God did it exactly right to present his son as a sacrifice of atonement. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is, you know, that same day... There were lambs sacrificed. It was a high holy day. That's why the the Jews couldn't go into Pilate's property for the trial. Because they they couldn't be unclean. They still needed to function as Passover.
1: Um in that respect too, then it might be it might be important for you to highlight that not only is Jesus the priest, he was the lamb Hmm. as well. You know?
3: I wonder if there's um, in Hebrews it talks about the priest in the old stands daily, uh-huh. but Jesus down? sat down. I wonder if there's a significance to that to what you had mentioned
0: about it being finished. Yes, I think it's important to rec- to emphasize that also. One of the things is that Jesus's work is completed, right? And so when we when we still beat ourselves up after we've sinned. We don't accept God's forgiveness. We're insulting the sufficiency of his work. You know, it's hard to believe that God loves us and forgives us. But just because I have weak faith is no excuse to undervalue what Jesus has done for me. He sat down and finished it. If he finished the work, if he tore the curtain from top to bottom, who am I to say, no, I messed up yesterday, I can't talk to you today, I don't deserve your love. I mean, yeah, that's a we really arrogant... All,
1: when we picture all the lambs dying, right? Yeah. That is not to say that more needs to be done. That's for you to re-enlarge exactly. what Jesus did, right? right it's right. to give you context for what Jesus did, not for... Right. what more you need to yeah. pun be punished. Right.
3: Yeah, I, I think it's more of the like the subject of faith but not the intensity of faith. You yes. mentioned weak right. faith. Yes. Right. So a weak faith that is placed on Jesus Christ is just as saving as
0: a large faith. Yes. You know And is more saving than a large faith in some other right. object that's not true. The truth. Yeah. Right.
1: Okay, how are you going to make this a Christmas sermon? Because let me remind you, Mr. Anti-Holiday, that it will be Christmas Eve.
0: Well. Um,
1: Sometimes he preaches on, like, Second Chronicles on Mother's Day or
0: whatever. Right. <laughs> well, Second Chronicles is a very motherly passage.
2: <laughs> There's a few mothers in there, yeah, they're like. Um,
0: so how, what would you suggest as a way to tie this into Christmas?
2: It's the whole reason we have Christmas.
0: Okay, so you could go broad stroke like that. I would. I would. Go ahead. The
1: angels saying today in the Tide a Savior has okay, been born. Kind of David. Mm-hmm.
0: I would argue that the shepherds, those were the Bethlehem shepherd business was largely built around preparing and raising Passover lambs. Mm-hmm. And to have the shepherds come and see this baby first Mm. is...
1: They knew what good lambs looked like. Yeah, Yeah.
0: it was nodding. It's sort of a nod to those who are experts in raising faultless lambs in their testimony. You know, there's maybe a component to that, right? The Mm -hmm. town of David. Um, Jesus' purpose on the cross... He came to be our high priest. And so in order to be our high priest, effectively, Hebrews makes it clear that he had to be able to relate to his brothers, Mm -hmm. to understand our weakness. And so God made him a perfect high priest by letting him suffer for us here on earth. So, So the fact that Jesus knows what it's like to be sorry or sorrowful, I'm sorry, and to be misunderstood and to be hated and to To be... To feel grief. Yeah, to be Mm -hmm. sad and hunger and thirst. All of those things are what makes him, is part of what makes him that perfect sacrifice, that not only is he morally holy and blameless before God, but he is perfectly representative of us Mm -hmm. as his his people. And so he is for us a human high priest, Mm-hmm. For us, so That's I think good. that the incarnation is really big part of that.
1: The angels said, um, "Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests." And it really is about reconciliation. You know, Colossians yeah. one, making peace how through His that? blood shed on the yeah. cross. It's like it's about the blood. It's about making the peace. It's about
0: yeah. how, um, taking enemies that and making friends. Without that payment, without that mediator, mm-hmm. the one man.
1: Because you talked earlier about that being the role of the priest to, yeah. to make the, make it okay for you to go to God.
0: Yeah. So it's a it feels like a daunting task.
1: Yeah, you have a lot to cover. <laughs> But, <laughs> it's pretty but, much the whole Bible. Yeah. You've got Leviticus in there. You've got Hebrews.
0: But to summarize, yeah, to summarize, I think what I would want to do again is try to establish the sinfulness of man through the golden calf incident, the holiness of God through the establishment of the priesthood and the failure of Hophni and Phineas.
1: Well, almost you could combine those stories, yes, right? Right. He's talking to God in Mount Sinai at that time.
0: Yep, Moses Moses, and Aaron. And then understand this Melchizedek character somehow. Or maybe not. Maybe I don't spend any time trying to explain Melchizedek. I think Mm -hmm. so,
1: because even as we talked tonight, we never circled back to him.
0: Except it's, it's just, it was helpful for the, it's an important doctrine, or important teaching, because it helps the Jew understand how a son of Judah could be a priest. So there has to be a different order of priesthood than the Aaronic priesthood.
1: Because Jesus was not a Levite, right? right. Is that what he we're was, talking right, about? Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. And so that's for, for the Hebrews writer, that's a big deal, is he's trying to defend that Moses or that Jesus is not only a legitimate priest, but he's a priest of a different and higher order. Even higher. Because he's a than, king priest. Right. And even higher than Aaron, because in Abraham, Aaron gave Melchizedek the tithe. And so he's a higher priest than Aaron. So that, but that's probably a bigger issue to the Jew in that context, and probably doesn't really, none of us care. None of us have an Bancarda. obstacle about right. Jesus being a Levite. Right, exactly.
2: Because there is a big section of Hebrews that talks about yes. that. that why why was there still need for another priest to come one in the order of Melchizedek not in the order of Aaron and later it's clear that Lord descended from Judah in regard to that tribe Moses said nothing
0: about priests right so that so he's he, and the reason he ultimately says it is because he's a priest by virtue of having an indestructible life the fact that he rose from the dead qualifies him as a higher high priest than Caius and Caiaphas and Annas. So so for the Jews, reading Hebrews, it was a huge comfort to them. Wow, not only does Jesus get to be our high priest, but he's a higher high priest than anything Well, it's I not to say that we couldn't
1: have benefit out of that as well, but I think that for, for this...
0: For a distraction five, Christmas, yeah. yeah. So the holiness of God, the sinfulness of man, holiness of God, establishing this barrier, the fact that Jesus comes and fulfills the priesthood being... Both a perfect representative of man and a perfect moral uh, lamb before God as the, the lamb that was slain, a Passover lamb. And then emphasizing the the shepherds in Bethlehem, the lamb, the Passover, even there was probably lambs that were sacrificed that day. And then Jesus is death in the temple. The curtain is torn and then he fulfills for us. And then then again, we could go into the implications of that for Mm -hmm. us as believers, that he saves to the uttermost. He cleanses our conscience. It's work that's done once for all, Mm -hmm. not not repeatedly, not over and over. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's what, Mm -hmm. I guess as your clincher, as your conclusion, I would bring it back to Christmas. That's why it's a holy night. Mm -hmm. It's not the baby being born. It's the Savior being born who grew up and died. And you know, that's mm-hmm. why we have, we can sleep in heavenly peace or whatever. You know, like mm-hmm. the, all of these songs are looking forward to the, the thing that, the work that was finished.
0: Yeah, as remarkable and as exciting and as amazing the birth story is, they are meaningless stories without the finished mm-hmm. work of that same person as our Savior. Well, that sounds pretty good. Um, maybe we'll just play this podcast. <laughs> It'll be a shorter message. It's only 39 minutes. <laughs> so, well, um, DJ, you're going to be, uh, next week at this time, you're going to be in Mexico, mm-hmm. right? So, pray for you on your missions trip. And um, We won't be meeting to do a, a Sermon Talk Plus Plus next week, but we will... See how that goes? The next message is, okay, we've had Jesus as prophet, priest, and king. So then the fourth week is going to be, how do we respond to him? And I'm going to use Timothy to talk about uh, the passage of Timothy to talk about being farmers and soldiers and holding on, hold till relieved. So, All right, let me pray. Father, thank you so much for this time that we've had to discuss your word. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for finishing the work that you were given to do. You did it so well. Thank you for being able to relate to me as a human being, but also thank you for never sinning and then purchasing for me my salvation because of your perfect sacrifice. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for, uh, thank you, Father, for accepting Jesus's work, making it possible for me to be uh, a member of your family without constraint. I don't need to come to you through a priest. I can come to you as my uh, elder brother, Lord Jesus, as my father in heaven, as my uh, best friend. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm.